Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our city campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Hi, I'm Hannah. I am, like Megan said, the kids and youth pastor here and it is honestly my privilege to come and speak to you this morning. I'm sure the kids will be fine in the back, don't worry. They've got amazing people looking after them. But the reason I don't wanna stop you talking is because this morning I wanna talk about community. And I put this sermon together a couple of weeks ago for a women's retreat I was going to. And when Andrew asked me to share it with you this morning, I was honestly kind of nervous and have been ever since. Because when I went to preach at this women's conference, I could preach about community and challenge them and tell them to do stuff, but I didn't have to see them next week or the week after, or sometimes almost every day of the week. And so last night I was lying in bed and I was like, God, I think there's a lot I need to change because I'm being very very vulnerable. But he reminded me that I'm still on the journey. A lot of the stuff that I'm speaking about this morning is honestly stuff I haven't got right yet. And um, he's still taking me on that journey. And the stuff that he's been teaching me, I feel like is stuff for all of us to learn as well. So I hope what he's been teaching me and is still teaching me is helpful for us. And honestly, community is a brilliant topic to talk about because we often talk around it, but never directly at it. And so this morning, I specifically wanna talk about what Christian community looks like. What does the church look like? And we are so privileged. If it is your first time today, Well, you guys have joined an amazing community this morning. Honestly, I feel so incredible. I pretty much a couple of weeks ago just got to challenge, but also kind of boast about you guys because you guys are awesome. And I feel so blessed to be a part of this community. But who knows that community doesn't just happen overnight. It requires work and effort and intentionality, and that's why I think it's worth being vulnerable this morning. So will you pray as we, with me as we begin today? Lord Jesus, I feel very vulnerable right now, but honestly, I, my audience is one you, and Lord, I want to be your mouthpiece this morning. I want to share what you've been teaching me with clarity, with um, wisdom, with your joy in my heart, knowing that this journey isn't just for me, but everyone is on a journey to find community, that as a church, as we want, as we look to the Acts 2 church, as we look to the way you designed us to be, that it is meant to be holistic with vulnerability, with authenticity, with joy in our hearts, but it's never easy because we're human, because we make mistakes, because we live in a fallen world. So Lord, this morning, I just ask that as I speak, it would be your words, not mine, that you would help us keep in mind what your original design for community looks like, that it would be filled with hope and with joy and with peace and with an excitement for where we see this world in a broken place, but church community as a light. Lord Jesus, I just love you so much. And I ask that it would be none of me and all of you this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, my experience, I don't know what your experience has been with community, but my experience has had its ups and downs. And without the confidence I believe God gives me every day, I would probably be one of the most insecure people you have ever met. And with personal insecurities, a lack of 
ability to small talk. I just can't do it. And the fact that sometimes I feel extroverted, so it can be really bubbly and all excited, but also sometimes I feel incredibly introverted and really don't want to talk to people, doesn't always work in the same sentence as community. And I've sat in rooms with hundreds of people and felt incredibly alone. I've had seasons where there are heaps of people around me who wanna care and support me, but I've still felt like I've gone in on myself and no one truly knew what was going on in my heart. And I've had seasons that have been so incredibly tough and I felt like no one else knows what's going on. No one else can understand the circumstance I'm in. Nobody else truly gets it. And I don't know about whether you've experienced that, but it can be incredibly lonely. But I truly believe with my whole entire heart that God designed us to be in community. Whether you are extroverted or introverted, you need to be in community. And it's confirmed from the beginning of his word to the end. God made man and didn't want him to be alone. So he created women. God formed his people together, the Israelites, to spur one another on, to encourage each other in being faithful to God. And then God sent Jesus, Jesus shattered cliques. He welcomed and loved and cared for anyone and everyone. And then the church in Acts was born. And this was not just for the Jews, but the Gentiles. And everyone in between, tax collectors, prostitutes, fishermen, rich and poor. It was a group of people that he brought together to mutually encourage each other in faith. But not just in faith, all of life. And honestly, even in those times of loneliness, I've been so blessed by my faith community, by you guys, by Gateway. You have been the people that have gathered around me and loved me even when I've been really hard to love. And I have felt the joy of loving you guys too. And so let me tell you that church doesn't always get it right. It's filled with imperfect people, but we are all committed as one, I know I'm committed, we're committed to do all parts of life with each other. The good times, the bad times, and the ugly. And you may relate to parts of my story, or maybe you've experienced something completely different. But today I wanna look at five key elements of things that I contribute to authentic community. And Cirque's the other week, spoke seven points, I spoke five points. Honestly, this is very unbaptist of us. Two more than we're used to, or lots more than we're used to, but I wanna talk about what robs community and four ways to build community. So first, insecurity, isolation, and previous hurt robs community. And then four ways to build it. Courage leads to authenticity. Authenticity leads to vulnerability. Vulnerability leads to trust. And trust creates a place of deep belonging. And so the first passage I wanna look at today is 1 Corinthians 12. If you have your Bibles with you, why don't you open up? If you don't, that's all good. It will be on the screen behind me, hopefully. But 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 says, it's pretty long, so hang in with me. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. 
But if a foot, I love this, <laughs> so funny. Um, but if a foot says, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, that's just a funny picture in my head, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that, the, that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving great honour to the parts that it lacked, so that there should be no division in the body, and its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and every one of you is a part of it. That's the key line, I think, at the end, and it's a lot. And if you don't know what it's saying, that's okay. Think of the body, think of a physical body as the church. It's pretty much saying we need each other. We can't do this without you. You are an ear and we can't hear without you, pretty much. You're part of a bigger story, the body, the, his family, the body of Christ. Now, this is funny. I was brushing my teeth a few weeks ago and God placed in my mind this little Baptocostal participation moment that really knocked my socks off. So put your hand up. This is a participatory moment. Um, put your hand up if you believe that the people next to you, even if you don't know them, are an integral part of the body of Christ. If you don't know, you can put your hand up. Um, and now... For all the introverts, I'm sorry, but I want you to turn to them and say, we cannot do this without you. You are a loved and valued part of this community. Go. <laughs> Even if you're new, it's true. We love that you are here and joining our community. <laughs> so I wanna ask you this question now that you've said that. Why is it so easy to tell other people and believe with our whole hearts that they are loved and valued and needed in community, but sometimes, or more often than not, we struggle to believe that we're included in that too? In my personal opinion, insecurities are one of the biggest issues in our society. We believe that about others, but we struggle to believe it about ourselves. And why is that? And honestly, there are a whole range of there are a whole range of reasons why this could be, but a big contributor is probably that we've been hurt in the past. Someone has said or done something and it has brought about an insecurity in our, in our life. Therefore, we isolate. Sometimes it's easier to be by ourselves than put ourselves out there in community and be hurt all over again. Sometimes we have a few bad experience, experiences and we isolate ourselves, we put walls up, we close ourselves off from everyone. And that, can I tell you, is exactly what the enemy wants. 
I remember God teaching me a long time ago. I was putting walls up to anyone and everyone because of hurt that I experienced with only a few people. People were saying, I was too much to deal with. Your personality is too much for me. I liked you at one point, but then I found you really annoying. Or you're so annoying, sometimes I wanna get out of there so fast and leave a human-shaped hole in the wall. Honestly, these all real examples built up in my head. I didn't really let anyone in and I made the excuse that I was guarding my heart. But God said to me, people are broken and hurting too. They are not perfect. And I never said, guard your heart from people. I said, guard your heart from the things of this world that come to seek, steal, and destroy the joy you have in this world. And that's not people. That's the enemy. I was, and haven't still quite got this right, but I was robbing myself of deep, beautiful relationships because I was guarding my heart from people when it was just the brokenness of this world. And that's exactly what the enemy wanted. The past hurt, isolation and insecurities were robbing me of my place in Jesus's community because of what a few people had said. One particular moment of extreme isolation was when my best friend passed away. And I've talked about this before, but the enemy was using every single tactic in the book he had to keep me isolated. Honestly, everyone was there for me. I had my family, community. I had so many people who were looking out for me. But like I said, I was so caught up in my head and the enemy was just so, it was so intense that I felt so alone because I felt like no one understood. He was doing everything in his power to tear me away from authentic, beautiful community. And I remember one time I went with my friends to the beach and we were putting flowers in the water. And I remember having this moment where the enemy was so loud yelling accusation after accusation after accusation at me. And I burst out, it should have been me. And I remember walking down the beach trying to compose myself and trying to calm my mind and I was asking God why this has happened, why did he have to pass away and why was I completely fine? And I remember God very gently and calmly placing scripture in my mind that I'd learnt that my mum and dad had spoken over and over and over again to me as a child, that I'd learnt every day in Sunday school that even though these accusations were so loud, these were the rocks that I had built my house on. This was the firm foundation that was a non-negotiable in my heart because it had been spoken over and over again that I was fearfully and wonderfully made. Nothing I could do could separate me from the love of the Father, no matter how bad, that I was a child of God and that He loved me so much He would send His Son to die for me. We have tactics that God has given us to combat insecurities and hurt and isolation. His word is such a powerful weapon that he's given us to strike any, anything that comes at us from the enemy. Even Jesus did himself use the word when he was in the desert. But dare I say that community is also a tactic. Faith people around us that can point us to true north can point us to Jesus no matter what. So where do we start? How do we get out of this rut and start building community? I believe a really good place to start is courage. Courage which ultimately leads to authenticity. 
We need courageous people in our community who will carry authenticity so community can move past talking about the weather, but can actually deepen. Authenticity was my word for last year, last year, and it seems to be carrying over this year because I don't think God has quite finished teaching me the breadth of what it means in my heart yet. But what I've learned in the last year is that authenticity is something that seems to hide under the surface in our society. It's widely spoken about in terms of be your authentic self, but what does that even mean? It takes so much courage to be authentic. And I know it doesn't surprise you guys to hear this, but it's really hard to be your authentic Christian self in today's day and age. Values are changing and they are changing quickly. In 2020, a report done by Roy Morgan said that 17.7% of people were attending, a re- attending, regularly attending a religious service, and that included all religions. Now, the current census that just came out a couple of weeks ago shows us that for the first time, Christianity is below 50%. And if the 2020 report was done, imagine what it's like now, which naturally shows us that less and less people are coming to church. Andrew mentioned only a few weeks ago that in our world, being a Christian is not only weird, but it's dangerous and really uncool. But that's why we desperately need each other. Having courage and authenticity is so much easier said than done because it means opening yourself up to people. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. In Romans 1, Paul is longing to be with his church in Rome and says in verse 11, I long to see you so that my, sorry, I long to see you so that I may impart you some spiritual gifts to take, to make you strong. That is that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. My story shows I needed, we all desperately need regular church community to mutually encourage one another. In Hebrews 10, verse 24 to 25, it says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing and more are in the habit of doing these days, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And I believe one of the key ways to do this is authenticity. Sometimes I find myself looking at my community and think to myself, they have the perfect life, the perfect boyfriend, the perfect husband and kids, the perfect job, and they seem to have everything sorted. But another participation moment, hands up. Does anyone feel like they have all their ducks in a row and their life is perfect? (laughs) Good for you. Look around. Look around, seriously, take a look. This is your community, take a look. Authenticity isn't easy. Courage is required and we have to commit to it. If you want an authentic community, we're committing to open ourselves up, to push past our past insecurities and our past hurt. We're in it for the good, the bad and the ugly which is why I reckon this point naturally leads to vulnerability. We can't have authenticity without vulnerability. Brene Brown says in an interview with Forbes, 
Vulnerability is about showing up and being seen. It's tough to do that when we're terrified by what other people might think. When we're fueled by the fear of what other people think or the gremlin that constantly is whispering to us, you're not good enough in our ear, it's tough to show up. We end up hustling for our worthiness rather than standing in it. And the good news is I think that people are tired of the hustle. They're tired of doing it and they're tired of watching it. We're hungry for people who have the courage to say, I need help or I own my mistake or I'm not willing to define success simply by my title or income any longer. And this last line is my favourite. Most of us don't trust perfect and that's a good instinct. I love that. I would say personally, I am like an ogre. I have layers. Layers that I let different people into. Not walls, (laughs) but layers. (laughs) And this is not an unhealthy thing, I don't think, but it's when I close my whole entire self off to everyone. And when I do this, I know I'm not in a healthy place. It's interesting that I'm talking about this today because I have been unpacking this with God recently. And one thing he challenged me on a couple of weeks ago, and honestly, can I say, he challenged me on this on a couple of weeks ago. And as I was preparing for it this week, I was like, man, I just feel weird saying this on stage, but I trust that it's something that he said to me. (laughs) Um, It feels very weird to say. I don't trust (laughs) when I'm in an unhealthy place. I don't trust that people actually want to stand with me other than my own family. I have to preface that. I don't trust that people actually want to stand with me and do all of life with me. I love being the positive, bubbly, always happy person. And I feel like when I'm not doing well, I'm burdening other people's with my troubles. But God challenged me on the fact that I love being there for people. I have to trust that people in my community, and this is the weird part to say, I have to trust that people in my community wanna be there for me too. I love being there for people, but God reminded me that people wanna be there for me too. And maybe put yourself in those shoes. Have you ever thought about that? That maybe you love being there for people, but people want to be there for you too. And that's the thing about vulnerability. It requires a conscious effort, especially if we've been hurt before. We mask our weeks with, I'm fine. Instead of saying, I'm actually really struggling. We're afraid that if we say that, someone will pull a string and will completely unravel. But that's not church. That's not community. Sometimes, and if you've been in church long enough, you'll know this story. Sometimes we need to ask people to hold onto the side of our mat, take us up to the roof and lower us down to see Jesus because we can't do it ourselves. We're in it together. And honestly, (laughs) I'm on the journey as some of you might be too. But what would it look like for us to not assume that people don't wanna do life with you? That we were authentic and vulnerable and therefore fostered deep, beautiful, uplifting relationships, mutually encouraging each other in faith and in good times, in bad times and ugly, ugly, ugly times. On a side note to this topic, can I encourage all the young people in this room 
that we can't do it without the help of the wisdom who have gone before us. Yes, our world looks different, but there are also a lot of similarities. And we have so much to learn. We have so much to learn. The world is constantly is constantly looking at and for influences, saying our value is associated in the influence you have, or it's just, const, it's just constant everywhere. And a video popped up on my Instagram feed that again knocked my socks off and the pastor from Upper Room said, God is not impressed with the external, the veneer, the biggest influencer or leader. He's impressed with the decade life of faithfully following Jesus. He doesn't say, well done, good and faithful influencer. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. And if you wanna live a decade life of faithfully following Jesus, we can't do this as young people alone. God is not looking for superheroes, He's looking for servants. And man, we have so many models of that in this community. And I'm so grateful, I feel so blessed. But people who have gone before us have developed tools that we need and keys to walking this life faithfully and we need to learn from them. And those who have more wisdom than us, we desperately need you, please. Can I tell you that it's really hard. It's really hard to live this life set apart and not following the ways of this world. I was talking to a friend the other day and we were reflecting on the fact that we are so grateful we know the joy of God filling our hearts. And I said to him, I don't know or want to even imagine where I'd be without Jesus in my heart. (laughs) Honestly, I'd probably be like, passed out in the valley or somewhere so much worse. But we need old and young to work together, to mutually encourage each other, to pass on wisdom and have each other's back. And we can't do that without courage, authenticity and vulnerability. Now, with all of that in mind, imagine what would happen if we fostered all of that courage, authenticity, vulnerability in this community there'd be a sense of trust among each other. Vulnerability leads to trust. And I'm not just saying, I'm not saying that that we are not like this as a community. For all the people who are new here, we're not like a, we're actually, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful community, but can you imagine what it would be like to be part of a community where we 100% trusted each other? That each person's intentions, even if they do the wrong thing, are good and authentic? We could really rely on each other when it was hard and, it, and we could encourage each other when it's good. It's, it's amazing to think about. I believe it's how God created us to be. And man, I feel so blessed that this community is so close to that. But for the world and for every community we're in, it's not, it's not perfect But this sounds so far from the truth because the enemy doesn't want us to think it's even possible. He wants us to believe it's so foreign or so weird or so crazy hard to achieve that we can't even achieve it. It's too much effort, it's too hard, it's too foreign to even be true. And yes, we do live in a fallen world and no one is perfect. And people will let us down and we will feel like giving up. But Ephesians 4 verse two to, says, two to six says, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort 
to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. This is one body, one Spirit, just as you are called to one hope when you are called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all and in all. God created community. He doesn't want us to do life alone. That's not how he created it to be. He wants us to have deep connections with each other where we're mutually encouraging with one another with the spirit of unity, spurring one another on and lifting each other up in the good, in the bad and in the ugly. Trust with one another creates a place of deep belonging. And I feel like this could be something we could unpack moving forward, but communities that love and value each other and support each other are so appealing to the outside world, don't you think? Imagine if people walked through our doors seeing a community that truly loves and values each other, what would that be like? I've seen people be welcomed into this space purely from how they've been greeted at the door. And that just makes my heart so happy. But it becomes a space where you want anyone and everyone to be a part of it. You wouldn't be embarrassed to be inviting people into that space. You'd be wanting more and more. You wouldn't wanna keep it to yourself because who doesn't want a community that is doing that? We need to love each other so well. And I heard this quote from Tom Wright this week. Love is the language they speak in God's world and we are summoned to learn it against the day when God's world and ours will be brought together forever. It is music they make in God's court and we're invited to learn it, to practice it in advance. Love is not a duty, even our highest duty. It is our destiny. Isn't that beautiful? It's the music they make in God's courts and we're invited to learn it, to practice it in advance. Love is not a duty even our highest duty, it's our destiny. We are called to mutually encourage each other. It's how God created us to be. And so this morning, as we close, I want to ask us to be really bold. Now, I'm really sorry to all the introverts in the room and to all the people who are new. <laughs> Don't feel threatened by this. I actually love that you're here because I wanna show you what community looks like. To be honest, the people in this room have been the people that have carried me through COVID. Some of them have carried me since I was yay big. And I've been so blessed by the fact that no matter what, even if they didn't know what I was going through, they were there to spur me on to mutually encourage me, to stand with me in the good, bad and ugly. And this morning, I reckon it would be really powerful if we did something so simple, but so powerful. And that's to pray for one another. I would love, I know this is a bit scary. And honestly, if you don't know the people beside you, that's okay. If you don't know how to pray, that's okay. Maybe you can just say, I love your hair today. Or you look really great in that jacket or something that's encouraging. But if you feel comfortable, I would love if we could pray for one another. Maybe you have 
something in you that says, yes, I wanna be a part of this community. I wanna have authenticity and vulnerability and therefore maybe I might share something that I'm going through and someone can pray with me. I need help in praying for this situation. I can't do it by myself. I don't want to do it by myself. Maybe you might be bold this morning and share, maybe not, maybe you might just encourage one another. But this morning, I would love if we could turn to the people around us and pray a prayer of encouragement. Or maybe it's a really ugly time for you and you do know the people next to you and they can pray for that ugly time. That's what we're here to do. We're here to support and encourage, spur one another on, just as the church in Acts did. They all came together and more and more people came to know Jesus because they did this with each other. So this morning, I invite you to turn to the people next to you and spend some time praying or encouraging. Maybe you really like their face mask and that's okay. I love that. I love your, all your face masks, it's beautiful. But this morning, take some time to encourage one another and pray for one another. one more group that I would love to pray for this morning and let me tell you that I've been there. Um, Past hurt, past pain, past things people have said about me, have done to me, have hurt like crazy. And honestly, I'm still on a journey of what that means to know they've said it but not believe it. And I think some of us this morning have to realise just what these words say, that we are children of God. Go back to when you're a child or when these formational Scriptures have been spoken or you, or maybe you haven't heard it. Let me tell you, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderfully made just as you are, despite how big or small your personality is, whether you are extroverted or introverted, whether stuff is going on in your life or not, you are wonderfully made. Can you believe it? Sometimes I can't, (laughs) but it's true. It's true. You're a child of God and He loves you and there's a place in His house for you. I remember the first time those lyrics came true to my heart that there was a place in my Father's house for me was right after I had been through all that stuff. I was sitting in a conference, tears running down my face, thinking I wasn't worthy to sing this song. But God opened up my eyes, took the log out of my eye and said, hey, there is a place in my house for you. And it's hard when things have been spoken over us, when we've got past hurt and past pain. And this morning, I would love to pray some freedom into that situation, that you'd be able to sing these lyrics, I am who you say I am, not what anybody else has said to me. That is my rock. That is what I choose to build my house on. So will you close your eyes? I almost think that this is not just for some of us. Unfortunately, we do live in a broken world where people can be mean, where they say stuff that sometimes they don't mean, sometimes is hurtful, sometimes they do mean. But I can almost guarantee that it's been each of us at some point been hurt by somebody else. 
And Lord Jesus, we just ask You this morning, Your Holy Spirit to move in our hearts, to take the plank out of our eyes of the past hurt and pain, take the burden off our backs of what we might have been carrying, of how we might be have feeling all the hurt, all the pain. Maybe that I just got this image of kind of like someone being stabbed all over their body with toothpicks and that they're kind of hurting in all these places over because someone has, or something or somebody or a whole range of situations has just been poking and prodding at you, trying to cause pain. But Lord Jesus, I just ask for a release this morning, a release of hearts and minds, knowing that they are fearfully and wonderfully made, that it's not prideful to say that, that it's not boasting, but it's the truth, that You have fearfully and wonderfully made us, that You sent Your Son to die for us, and that You have a place in heaven for us. No matter the past, no matter the pain, no matter the hurt, no matter the insecurity. Lord Jesus, I just ask Your Holy Spirit would be freeing people's hearts this morning, would be freeing their minds this morning. What in the past has been able to have a hold over them that the enemy has used to try and seek and destroy their joy in community. Lord, I ask that it would be broken in the mighty and the powerful and the all-knowing Name of Jesus, Lord Jesus. I just ask You would move powerfully. Let these words ring in our heart as we go into this week, as we stand in Your freedom, as we look to the heavens, as we look to You to see who we are made in Christ and not what the world has told us. Why don't we sing these lyrics this morning? I pray that they would just minister to your heart and mind. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.